There has been a shift in the balance. Things are changing. Great luminary! You were not expected. Your presence disarms me. Of what change do you speak? Is all well? Things are moving forward as we have planned. Their team has risen in the ranks. You speak of the contumacious one. They are gaining momentum? Knowing of their arrival simply diverted things. We are now aware, and we will not be caught by surprise. I would have made sure these things came to pass, but it seems their team has achieved it on their own. They are tenacious, if nothing else. We have no reason to fear these players. It is simply a game, Great Luminary. I, I fear you nothing. Of course, enlightened one. My eternal apologies. I beg your forgiveness. My guilt is as vast as a collapsing sun. I accept any punishment. Enough. Your groveling sickens me. The energies at play are moving as my hand wishes them directed. We will not slow them down. We will not deny them the fruits of their labor. The panther does not strike until they think the prey is unaware. We will not be unaware. We will not be prey. Of course, Bright One. We are the top of the food chain. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Once again, they have proven their gift at finding gems in filth. They surround themselves with interesting beings. Their threads of fate are complicated. Tangled. But nothing we cannot observe. The cycle will not end. The wheel has begun to spin, and there is no stopping it. We are in control. How... how much longer, Great Luminary? This cycle has been so long. The others... they grow weak. Time is a resource we needn't concern ourselves with. We need only focus on the road's end. Of course, Great One. I will quiet any unrest. I, I will put the other's concerns to bed. What were you doing here? Oh, uh, yes. Again, my apologies. I did not know you could be so unheard. Uh, unseen. <laughs> what were you doing out here when I came upon you? I, I was... I was looking to the stars. Great Luminary. They have changed. I see. That is most wise. Proceed. Adventure fans, welcome to a new chapter in the League of Ultimate Questing, where heroes battle their way through monsters and mysteries to rise through the ranks, all for your entertainment pleasure. Brought to you by the one and only Nexus Enterprise. Yep. Did you just say hail and well met? I... I'm trying something new. Keeping it fresh. Hail and well met is a lot of things, but fresh ain't one of them. 
You sound like a town guard or a shopkeep with a rat quest. Yeah, you're probably right. I just like to change it up. It's hard to introduce things the same way over and over again. I feel like it's getting stale. Oh, uh, how's about, uh, feast your eyes, maggots? Or, uh, sit down and shut up. It's time for adventure. Oh, seems kind of aggressive there, Storm. Try to be relatable and lovable. Be a nice ray of sunshine on the battlefield of thrilling adventure. Well, you, you know, you might be onto something there, Kip. Hey, I get you some of those drow sunglasses and you can be like, Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. You want some adventure? And I can be back here, sleeves off my suit like... <laughs> I don't think that's really my style. Tell you what, we'll keep workshopping it, but for now, let's tune in on what's happening with the League of Ultimate Questing. All right, I'm still taking the sleeves off my suit. When we last left our heroes in the Mortal Dawn, they had just completed the Trial of Ascension, Shards and Shackles, where over a floating series of platforms above a bottomless pit, they had to leap in the low gravity and deactivate huge glowing crystals given magical shards that they were granted each party member shackled to another. Battling gargoyles and massive tentacles, they just barely skirted past the final score they needed to ascend to the rank of hero. Since then, our heroes have had a week of downtime hanging out in their Lucinelli apartment in the area around, laying low a little bit because the streets are a little dangerous. They have made an enemy by turning in a crime lord named King Squeak. So the halflings of town just seem to be following you with their eyes as you go out and about. But for the most part, you feel fairly safe. And you have been congratulated and rewarded by many passers-by and people who live near and around for your new rank of herodom. What would each of you be doing during this luxurious one-week vacation between quests? Um, Arvid hecked off to the woods again. That's mm. that's becoming a regular. Got to get out of that city. Totally. It's so crowded, man. It's like, it's rough. So he, uh, he hecked off and could say perhaps found some sheep amongst the uh hills of the area maybe some elk and elk kind of did a bit of the living with wolves but you know meh totally and yeah when you're out there it's it's kind of a, a late fall mating season for the local ah, red horn elks yeah. and you notice a lot of males aggressively just headbutting and locking their horns together filling you with a kind of combat inspiration oh and, yeah i'm gonna play with them gonna definitely learn some some they're, they're like what and it's like no it's it's chill guys I'm, I'm gonna mate with all of your females <laughs> arvid has a busy week no oh, um, boy. and for the for the listeners everyone has achieved fifth level which is their significant point of having reached the hero rank Woo! so as they're as they're describing what they're doing they're getting really cool at new class stuff how about harothax's week Haruthax is going to begin this week of downtime by eating a very large meal and just kind of filling their belly and then going, I don't know, there's probably a pond or something outside Lucinilli somewhere that I could find. Certainly lots of small rivers. And, and I took a couple of the mushrooms from Bayanvas and the, the deep gnomes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a sort of drug-aided vision quest absolutely and kind of meditate in the pond and think back on my time in Selvarax absolutely and see if I can send my spirit back there to explore my homeland you do start to see visions of the lush jungle and feel the dangers of the unseen predators that seem to lurk around every corner but you feel safe you feel even though their presence is near they don't seem to be aware of you and when you come out of your drug-induced vision quest you're there in the pond and it is dark it is night the moon is hidden behind clouds it is the first week of the red moon we have entered the fall season and you look down and you are not 
there, which is alarming at first, and as you begin to emerge from the water, you once again become visible, realizing that you have found a way to attune yourself with the darkness and shadows to just vanish. And Haruthax's appearance continues to grow increasingly draconic. My, my horns have grown slightly larger and longer. My face is losing some of its gatorness and starting to gain more aggressive scales. Mm, I love it. Christ. Well, at the beginning of the week, Chris really indulged himself, just going out, dancing a lot. Mm-hmm. And in that dancing, he's found a lot a lot more stairs, but not the same kind, like the blank kind of like, oh. I thought you meant like ascending stairs. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Just working on the your gazes, legs. <laughs> the gazes were just kind of blank. Oh, of um, so uh, after that happening a couple nights he meditated more before going back mm-hmm. out for the final thing uh, and uh, with that chris has learned hypnotic pattern and dispel magic awesome yeah so while you're out you spend time at a local bar the kingfisher's galley and there has been a very famous and reputable band of traveling troubadours which are all very talented musicians and you kind of got to know them because you were hanging out there every night and their music really took over and you started to learn that these people are able to like take their music and make more than just the sounds like they're influencing the audience they can put magic into the notes and it's starting to tuning into this sonic energy um but the whole time you're kind of battling this like strange hunger that comes from like the palm of your hand like you're learning new magic but something just makes you want more a, a, a deep need how about artyom I am not a fan of the fact that the halflings have been watching us. Mm -hmm. So first what I do is I take off my normal outfit and I wear just kind of head to toe desert nomad clothing, just kind of wrapping myself up and I'm going to go out and seek out those who are watching us. And then I'm going to track them in the middle of the day, middle of the night, doesn't matter when. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to spend as much time as I can looking at the interplay of light and shadow and the difference between the two as it turns to dark, as it turns to light. And I'm going to use this as an opportunity to play cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll reveal myself to one of them. Sure. And then if they start chasing me, using light to play tricks on them and awesome. like warding flare and things like that, scaring them off, running them down. And then just kind of gather what information I can during the process. I love it. So yeah, you've definitely marked a clear territory around your guys' apartment where you have been almost like on a patrol throughout the night. And you get a very good feel of like the shift changes of like these people. Who's intentionally here for work? Who's here for nefarious purposes? Mm -hmm. And you've made yourself kind of known. No one really knows who it is, but there's someone out here who's throwing off their their surveillance. And on the last night that you've been doing this very successfully, you've you've scared off a good dozen people who've been lingering a little little too much keeping your territory safe and you realize you've been out all night and you're not even tired and when you see the sunrise the heat from it it seems more intense even though it's fall instead of summer like the the play of the red moon reflecting off of the sun itself it's almost like a burning red sun and something about the heat of it you really start to appreciate not just the burning light but the warmth behind it and we find the heroes arvid having returned from his camping trip covered in just like leaves and dirt and elk stank did he you take marty with you Oh, I don't think I should. Uh, he's a dog. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Chris was hanging out with Morty. Like, yeah. oh yeah, got people, him a bath. You know, yeah, yeah. plenty Sponding. of people to play with the pup. But so yeah, that means come back and he's got bows all over him. And stuff. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, he's gotten he's gotten very well snipped and cleaned up. He's I know <laughs> they say they fixed Morty while you yeah. were gone. Chris gave um, him some like highlights. <laughs> uh, but Morty is super happy to see you. And even before Arvid gets in the apartment, like Morty just stands straight up and sniffs the air and slams the door open and tackles you down the stairs and you spill <laughs> yeah. down into the street Aww. as this huge puppy's just <laughs> slurping at your face. Good boy, Morty. Uh, and you look up from Morty's lickings and you see the shadow outline of a figure wearing a gray mask. And he says, 
How was your trip, Arvid? And he gives you a hand, helping, like, with both pulling you back to your feet. Uh, I had a great time. I, I haven't spent so much time outside in a while. It was nice. That sounds lovely. Shall we go inside? I have some exciting news. Uh, and Maven enters with Arvid and Morty in tow. When Maven comes in, I'll actually look at him, them. Yeah. Maven seems kind of... He, Maven presents himself as a male. As, as male for most of the time. Okay. You, you know, he's capable of all kinds of things. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll look at Maven. I'll say, Maven, I had an idea. Let's hear it. And he pulls a chair out and kind of signals everyone to sit down at the table with him. You said something about buying the fish shop below us. Slow process, but yes. I believe that potentially we could turn it into a business of our own. I know that Artyom is not unskilled with medicines himself, and I know many herbal remedies. I'm certain that that would smell a lot better than the dead fish. It's a large area. If you're excited about having it as your own, I can move that paperwork forward faster, but it would take a little bit more of the incoming money that we may be waiting for to achieve that. That said, I do come bearing gifts. Mm. Oh. This is the tail end and beginnings of your rewards from turning in King Squeak. So he gives each of you 200 gold, which aside from recent investments should get us mostly caught up as to what you have coming. Maven, have you heard anything about, uh, I think their name was the Sons of Starlight. Uh, they were elves. They wanted to revive their partner. Oh, I did hear something about a fundraiser that was happening. I think it's uh, in the works. Still in the works. Yes, they're still a novice ranked team. They did not get to take the Trial of Ascension because they uh, lost a member. Will you do me a favor and send my share to them? The full 200? The full 200. If that's what you wish? Yes. I will make sure they know it's from you and the team. Specifically you, though. Artyom looks visibly angry at this, but it says nothing. Maven Maven makes note of that. What bothers you so much? If your lack of appropriate equipment causes us or yourself to get harmed and we have to make up for your incompetence, then that will be something that we will discuss at that time. Understood. This is a difficult role of the captain, but it's good to keep an eye on what your party's doing and how they're choosing to proceed things. That said, you've got a little bit of coin in your pocket, and I have a job for you. Your very first hero-ranked mission. He says, handing it to Artyom. Thank you. This one comes with a different reward than just the simple monetary feed. Um, Artem clears his throat very noticeably. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Official notice of League Quest rank hero, Team Mortal Dawn, Quest Giver Ava Melbar, a Dornheim, a Dorn, a Dornheim Textiles. Am I saying this right? That is. It her sounds name. great. <laughs> and your accent is very coming along great. I suppose the quest location Whitefall in Dornheim uh, Truce is that a place? That is one of the two locations. <sighs> this is awful. I don't like it. Ava, 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 Ava Melbar. Missing persons Torres Melbar. Uh, find Torres Melbar. Confirm his safety and well-being. So it sounds like we're looking for missing persons inside of uh, Whitefall Dornheim area. The mission is going to send you to Whitefall to meet with Ava. She'll give you some more information on her missing father, one Taurus Melbar. And this is an interesting one because you are the second team to be given this quest. Second team? Do they often send multiple teams? Uh, The first one has not been in contact. Oh. So at this point, they are marked as a failure for this quest. Oh, no. Is there any kind of readout that you can get from their uh, bracers to indicate that they are living or dead? There is no sign of them being dead that I have received as of yet, but they are getting as many updates as they can. Something happened to their monitor. So while their bracelets are active, they do not have a feed to give to the League. Maven, I have a question about this. Please. I know that League teams are only allowed to interfere with other League teams as it pertains to quests. 
If we mm -hmm. encounter them, does that mean they are allowed to interfere with us because we are on the same mission? They have already been marked as a failure for this mission. Will they know that if they don't have their monitor? They may mm -hmm. not, but it would not be in their interest to harm another team. If you take this form with you, that's all the proof you'll need. If you show it to them, they will understand. They've seen them before. Okay. It's a good question, and since the quest has officially been handed off to you, it is now your quest. Re Reginald? What is it, Christ? What are some reasons why a monitor might disappear or not be able to send their feedback? It would be illogical for a monitor to leave from their team. It is their only task. Perhaps it suffered some kind of intense damage or it entered some sort of magical rift that caused the projection to leave like when we went to that teleportation thing. I went back to the plane of Ergo. How beautiful it was. Mm. Oh, how I miss it. Your colloquialisms are getting a lot more frequent. You talk a lot. <laughs> I listen. Well, uh, when do we want to go? That's up to you. I mean, of course, it looks a lot better to get it done quickly. I have made sure to charter that... Uh, Woodrow is ready to transport you there. How many days travel? Uh, from here to Whitefall, via boat, it should be about 10 days. Hmm. As a quick ship like Woodrow can travel. Why does every quest require us to get on a godforsaken boat? <laughs> that said, you could take a caravan, which would take anywhere up of 60 days through the Godsfall Mountain. I think I will go with the boat. Mm. I think I'll go with the boat, too. What, you don't like travel? I don't like boats. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just didn't like Woodrow. No, I like Woodrow fine. You should probably <laughs> tell him. He probably thinks you hate him. Yeah. Aww. I think if somebody threw up on my back, I would assume they don't like me. Chris, <laughs> Chris how long is it until you can teleport us places? Can we I, get on that? I don't even know if that's a thing I can do. I will say that one of the benefits of your hero rank is should the quest be appropriate, there is possibility that you will have a funded teleportation done for you. This is not oh. one of those quests, but you have now the access to that. Wow. I have a question. Please. How much money have we collected so far? I, I do can... not know how to count past 27. <laughs> Very specific number. <laughs> Why 27? That's the most gold I've ever had. That's the most anything I've ever had. Okay. I suppose, theoretically, 28 comes after 27, okay? <laughs> theoretically. I will crunch the numbers on that and get you a full docket of all of the income, and you can see where it's going. Thank you. I will just need to get the... T's and I's crossed a little bit and make sure I don't give you false info. I have 641 gold. Wait, I must have missed what? something somewhere because I haven't yeah. spent any money. You you bought like a great sword oh, and yeah, upgraded yeah, yeah. your armor. I trust his yeah. record keeping better than mine. So I'm going to go with that minus the 70 from the pink break. 75. Okay, so that But yeah, I genuinely haven't bought like anything yet. I don't think. You bought some tinctures and shit. And yeah. Oh, I bought a potion at one point, didn't I? I wasn't going to, but uh, then you had to give me that beautiful pink penis. And now I had to get it. This is a weapon. Thank you. What about any interesting uh, coats? It might be time that I look into something better. Well, I don't know that anything could uh, protect you more than, you know, armor would, but that's not really your thing. Hmm. Although, the woman who could potentially be your new sponsor, which is the reward for completing this quest, uh, runs what is known as a Dornheim Textiles, and she well, is very skilled at making clothing, also has the ability to runecraft. Oh. And I think that one of her initial patronages for her sponsorship would probably be something enchanted. It sounded like she was kind of throwing that out as bait for the next team to take the job quickly. This is exciting. New clothes? We get to save people? What more could anybody want? <sighs> I am ready, but um, I ask a favor. Yeah. You seem to have a good head for numbers, for money. I don't understand the, the, the intricate mechanics of, uh, what is it, uh, economics. Mm -hmm. I would like you, if it's okay, to take my money mm -hmm. and do something with it. Turn it into more money. But oh. most importantly, I want you to hold it. Because I suspect, well, I suspect if we leave our home unattended, 
there is a chance that we might be attacked. This is intelligent. And if they ransack this place, I would like to not have 500 plus gold go disappearing. I've just been carrying it in my boot. (laughs) Just this huge clunky (laughs) wet boot. Sweaty stack of coins. If any of you would like me to hang on to your currency for you, I can do a little bit of investing. Mm -hmm. I can put it into a trusted bank that I use, which is not an official bank, but much safer than the city bank. 524 gold for you. Would you like to take a small tuppence with you for your PDM? I'll take the 24. I will give you 200. Excellent. I'll just keep 27. I think you should keep 28 just so you can learn to count one higher. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing this down as Bank of Maven. I think Haruthax will hang on to their gold. Okay, that's totally fine. Would you like to leave Morty behind to help protect the apartment or take him with you on your mission? Uh, Definitely he, take him. He, okay. I mean, uh, it's he, your choice. It's your, he's kind of your dog, but <laughs> this is in the mountains, yes? Whitefall is in the mountains. I don't know how much of the quest will take place there, but it's pretty likely. Uh, it seems of... like the perfect environment for him. Okay, as long as he's not going to, you know, we're not we're not going into any nobles' houses or any such thing. Can we not lay a stake outside and tie a rope to it? <laughs> Leave him tied up all day. No, no. Well, tell him to fuck off. Either way, I don't care. <laughs> my my concern if we leave him here is that we'll come back to a note that says we have your dog. No, okay. And I don't want that to happen. Oh, yes, good yes. point, good point. It might be a little bit difficult on the boat, but I think Woodrow can handle it. Very good. Uh, whenever you're ready, I can have the Wharfmaster prepare your exodus and you can get to Whitefall. Sounds like you're all going to Dornheim. So. I think it would be wise of us for all of us to pitch in on getting a good set of decent adventuring gear, things like climbing gear, rope, what have you. Everybody okay with this? Yes. Um, I do still have my basic adventuring gear, but beyond that. I figure having an extra pack could be good. If you all want to spend a quick 10 gold to restock your adventuring supplies, you can get a new climber's kit added in, have some new rope, and basically when it comes up, you guys would need some sort of survival-y uh, adventuring gear. We'll just assume you have a base baseline for... As long as it's not something esoteric, we probably have it kind of thing. Right. You have approximately 40 gold worth of things you might need on the road. We don't need to sweat the details until they come up, but I'm not going to let you guys pull out like a, a bottle of specific wine or something. Right, like, right. Of course I would have bought that. But like a hand mirror would be like... Or like sure, shackles. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can have some manacles in there. Um, we can buy Domain Farms old-fashioned healing potions in town, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we get a discount on those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. you get them for 40, so 10 gold off. Okay, I'll buy two more of those sure. before we set out. So the Mortal Dawn makes their way down to the wharf of Lucinelli, the central foil, and there waiting for you is a familiar red ship, huge draconic pelican head smiling at the daylight sun, turning at just a slight 45 degree angle to face you and says well well look who's here the hero rank team hop aboard mortal dawn it's good to see you again and who's this big lummox morty's like jumping around like <laughs> confused at the talking boat <laughs> he is our goodest boy morty say hi morty <laughs> whole new dog and the whole new dawn mm. oh that's real <laughs> clever artyom <laughs> Well, hop aboard. I'm excited to be a vessel for a hero rank team. A real treat for old Woodrow. Artyom's <laughs> <laughs> just like, like blushing with joy at this, at this ridiculous boat, man. Well, watch your head sails down and away we go. And he soars off into the sky, flying into the ether of the stars. He does not. Uh, he takes off into the maiden's heart and sails you westward 
towards the kingdom of Dornheim. So you're traveling along the oilstone coast. Huge, jagged mountains kind of break the land and drop off dramatically into the sea. Haruthex is not amused by this cold. You're going to spend most of your time curled up in Arvid's lap taking a nap? No, probably <laughs> Morty, actually. Morty's probably a bigger, warmer boy. Well, unless he's got all that insulation. Heat doesn't come out of dogs very well. But that fleshy beast there... <laughs> Although with Morty, he's got all that extra skin. You could probably just like pull it around. Just wrap it around. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> it's like a walking sleeping bag. And you see the massive frosty peaks of the Himmelhorn Mountains curling into the Winter Throne Mountains. And you start sailing inward past a long, jagged series of peninsulas covered in ice uh, known as the Blades up to a frosty port. A small little building of stone, the end of an icy dock. Uh, there is no other ships there. And there is a very steep stairway that leads up into the mountains. And there at the dock is just a couple of very fur-clad uh, human individuals with tawny skin. And they have like weapons on their back that look like they're made out of walrus tusk. Um, and you have arrived in Dornheim. Uh, Artyom, uh, do you have a second? They have several seconds. Uh, so, I'm afraid I really don't understand... The last time we talked, have I have I been a burden to us? No, I don't, you need to be a little bit more specific. I, I I'm just every time I aid those in need, it feels like you stare at me with the burning fury of a thousand suns. Ah, yes, um, I find a monetary waste to be kind of a, the stupidest thing in the world. To me, it's not wasteful. These people need our help, and you never know when an ally will come to us in our dire hours. That's very precious of you. However, if I'm getting gutted because I don't have a proper equipment, or if you can't defend me because you don't have what you need, then somehow I think us helping other people in actual dangerous situations will make it a little bit harder. Look, if you want to help people, the best way to do that is to make sure you're ready, prepared, and not walking blindly into a dangerous situation without any way to back yourself up. If you want to pay some uh, little bit of coin here and there for extra information so that we can save a life that's directly related to us, that is fine. But when you spend money, give it completely blindly to a person who you do not know, you do not trust, and they could just waste the money on the garbage. They could go out and uh, buy what, what is it, the, the widow's helm, they could buy the, 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 the leech knives thing, the, the, what, who knows? The surface world is not always quite so grim as your home. Quite the opposite. We do not have money where I come from. We do not have currency. We are slaves. This is all we are. So the idea that, that somehow you get assets and resources that you then throw to someone else who may or may not help you, this is, this is not so good. I can understand that. But for me, I'm trying to change the world in my own way. And to help people, I see that change. Duh. However, you have to understand that we are a team, and you have been making an awful lot of decisions and speaking very comfortably out of turn on behalf of us. There is a reason why you chose me, but if that is not the decision you are comfortable with, then we can discuss it. Is this is how the team feels? I think there's merit to what both of you are saying. You have spent 300 gold on a, at this point, a novice-ranked team who can't even compete in the league until they recover their fourth member. And who, for all intents and purposes, are our enemy, even if they do get an extra ally. At the same time, Artyom could have bought himself new armor and declined to, so... I fail to see how that is relevant. Ah, I am saving for better armor. Ah. What if you die first? Yeah, then I die. And I didn't have much choice in the matter. Well, hopefully at that point someone gives us a couple hundred gold. It's okay, I can cast spare the dying if he goes down. <laughs> but let's not use each other as safety nets, duh? Isn't that what teams do? Duh. When comrades are of equal skill and equipment, we can trust that we have each other's backs. This is true. 
but the frequent misplaced is a discrepancy, and this may, in time, become a liability for us all. Perhaps not, but it is a risk we must now accept, and one we did not agree upon together. There was a time when I was comfortable with being out for ourselves, but now I am responsible when a mistake is made, and if Christ falls, that blood will be on my hands, and I do not think I will be able to count on the kindness of strangers. Boy, that's a lot of official talk. <laughs> sure is impressive hearing you guys bump your heads for planning your team. A real treat for old Woodrow. <laughs> <laughs> Woodrow, how many years have you been about? Oh, let's see. Uh, years, huh? That's like a long time, right? How many, <laughs> how many seasons? How many seasons have you seen? Well, let's see. I uh, was made by some mages in Andesign. Then I sailed south for a real long time, and uh, then I met you guys. <laughs> oh, so you're like a new boat. Oh, I was fresh off the market floor when you met me. I'm a model that's made and used for the League of Ultimate Questing, but I'm the first Woodrow. I was under the impression that we were one of many teams you had served before. I didn't realize this was such a new arrangement for you. While ships like me have been serving the teams for over a decade, I'm just kind of a new model, and there's this weird sort of zeitgeisty thing with all of my past ships. I, I, I kind of pat Woodrow's deck, and I'm like, I feel much less patronized now. That's just how I talk. It sounds like I'm making fun of you. <laughs> That's just Woodrow for you. Then uh, before I finish, I'm going to like kind of pull you aside. But you have to understand, I'm not going to stop you from spending your money. It's your money. But maybe if you're going to be charitable, throw it to one of us, huh? And as Woodrow kind of narrows his eyes against the wind and chill, uh, his sail tightens and you guys pull into the wharf at the base of the Winter Throne Mountains. There is a small stone building and a little dock covered in ice and two individuals standing at the end of it wearing furs with tawny skin and weapons that look like they're made out of walrus tusk. And they kind of wave you in as though you were expected. They're not surprised by your presence. Say, like, uh, hello, uh, come on up. Mm. Offer you all a hand. I'm going to give this a try. <laughs> huh. Hello, strangers. You sound sick. The cold get to you early there? No. <laughs> that wasn't worth much. <laughs> I am Artyom Konstantinovich Vulkov. Oh. I'm Christ. Galador. Shakes all your hands. Um. I'm Harutax. We met the prince of your country once. Your accent is very different. We got a lot of princes. Which one did you meet? I look at Arvid. I don't remember his name. Like, I, like all, all of us just kind of go, <laughs> like, just awkwardly make a face. <clears throat> you talked to him most. <laughs> no character. I don't, I'm not good with He was the beardy guy at the party. The one with the facial hair. Things. Hello, I am Arvid. From the <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you all. Uh. And again, Dornheim's a real big country, so we got all kinds of accents here. It's not all the people of Whitefall. Haven't I seen someone in garb like yours? Have your tribes been to Loch Marin? Everyone dresses like this there. I mean, I, I've been I've been north to the ten tribes once or twice. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, good to maybe see your <clears throat> you. Good. Well, good to see your you. <laughs> good to see your you too. Uh, I was told to give you all a message. You're obviously the team. Um, Not all teams are this stupid. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I don't have many bars to base that on, but uh, uh, this here stairway is going to lead you up to the steam rail, and that'll take you right to the capital of Whitefall. Uh, the fee's been covered and everything. Uh, Lady Ava, I think it was, who signed the missive, uh, just told me to be ready for the ship to show up. Today's the day, so you're right on time. Well, it's thanks to old Woodrow. And he, like, freaks out because your boat's talking. <laughs> 
He says, uh, I'm, I'm going to go inside. It's getting pretty chilly out here. Uh, cover <laughs> cover your faces. Make sure you got gloves and everything because uh, the, the uh, wind chill up on the mountains pretty sharp this time of year. I button my unusually high collared cloak so that like the collar now covers up like most of my face. And when we when we get a little bit of distance, there's a, a quieter side of like, I'm sorry, guys, I was trying to, you know, I, I just then then I got all sweaty and we all made jackasses of ourselves. <laughs> no, Harvard, you were doing great. We are an army of Urot. That's what we are. If you hadn't said anything, I would have thought that was a traditional Dornish greeting. <laughs> <laughs> it is your country after all. <laughs> So you ascend this narrow, kind of slippery, icy stone staircase with lots of handrails, though, thankfully, into this. It's hard to tell if you're climbing a mountain made of stone or ice. It is completely covered in white. And when you get to the top, it plateaus and goes into the mountain a ways. And there's a large carved out tunnel with lanterns hanging on this very tall, like 30 foot ceiling. And there's a huge set of wide metal bars that are just embedded into the ground. And there's only one other person standing around, like leaning up against a pole, one of the pillars that holds up the ceiling very official looking person wearing again furs these ones are very dark black with a symbol of office of some kind hanging off of his lapel and he's got his full face wrapped up in a scarf and it's really echoey everything like your steps on the stone here which has been perfectly polished down and manicured into tiles echoes through everything and it seems the tunnel goes off for quite a ways before it opens up into more of this just windy snowstorm off in the distance as much as i hate to say this I might need to buy something warmer. I'm freezing my scales off. Is this normal? Morty, did you fall asleep while we were walking? (laughs) Morty's fine. He's like covered in snow and frost. I look at Ivan. Is this normal in this country? Sleeping? The sleeping in the middle of a what? Watch, I'm assuming? Uh, I'm sure he's paying attention. A jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Who's there? Who's who's talking to me? Oh, that's the accent I remember. Ah, that's this. Uh, oh, yeah, look at you all. Uh, welcome to the station. Uh, he pulls out this large circular thing with like little tiny coils of water kind of pouring through it. He says, yeah, shuttles do here any minute now. Uh, make yourselves comfortable. You ever been on a steam rail before? I don't even know what it is. Oh, pretty exciting. Uh, Dornish ingenuity with the strongest steel of the Whitefall Mountains. Rides like a gliding puck across the ice. I'm trying to think of a better term. I didn't... <laughs> They, they definitely have pucks here in Dornish. Sure, sure. Uh, leans over to Artyom and goes, I question Dornish ingenuity if a frozen country uses water clocks to keep time. <laughs> well, the body heat keeps it flowing just fine. Keep it close to me heart. That wasn't the accent. What am I doing? <laughs> <That's the accent. laughs> Do you want to try it again? I just forgot what I was doing. Well, it's a big metal contraption that's fueled by coal and steam. The heat pushes up against the railing and just slides along. I didn't make the thing. I don't know. I just keep the clock. I have an important question about Morty. Are his strings of jewel coming off his jowls all frozen from the... Absolutely. <laughs> the licicles just... Yeah, yeah, little droolsicles. Every time he, like, shakes his head, they go flying, and then in seconds, there's a new set. Yeah. Ex- extra one cold damage to his bite attack. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. With that, everything starts shaking. Like, your legs begin to buckle underneath you, and the stones start to rattle, and even the stone up against these metal pillars begins to, like, drop little tiny segments of pebble. And this huge metal train comes sliding in with this blast of... Steam that like warms you all up instantly and is immediately blown away by the frosty winter cold. And these sliding doors, you see a couple people inside like pull them open. And it looks like there's room for maybe like 15, 20 people on this small one car train. And the back of it is just this large steam pouring engine of some kind. And there's a couple of men inside uh, who are just feeding coal into it from a large basin. Hmm. Well, I'm very excited. 
I'm going to walk up to those guys and be like, do you need help? It's warmer over here. You're welcome to hang out by the fire. That's fine. Have a seat. I sit down. Well, this is exciting. Well, hang on tight. It's going to be a quick ride. And he closes the door behind you and it slowly starts lurching forward the heat billowing up out of this forge that they're just like pouring these coals into uh and it seems to uh be heating up the entire back element of it like if you stand in the back of this train the metal itself like you can feel the heat pouring through which is probably quite comfortable to harthax yeah i I definitely as thanks for letting them or for letting me sit up there i just cast guidance on them periodically just (laughs) i'll help they think it's weird at first, but they immediately like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and immediately the train exits the tunnel and starts to like just gently buckle on this rail as the wind blows into the side of it. And it starts to ascend rapidly, like the beginning of a roller coaster, but faster as it goes up into these icy mountains. And there's just blurs of white and blue soaring past you as this snowstorm is just blowing directly at you like a, like a warp drive of ice um, at this incredible <laughs> speed. Uh, and after about 20 minutes of travel, the train begins to slow and descend again, and it goes into to an underground tunnel and everything gets extremely dark and it stays that way for a good minute and a half until you see lanterns start to light up a huge tunnel full of people and you see this massive train station that looks like it's in the middle of part of an underground section of town where there are just businesses all around built into the stone of the mountain and uh, it comes to a lurching stop and the doors get opened and you are all ushered out into the capital of Dornheim, Whitefall. get cold just thinking about southern Dornheim. Mountain winds cutting through your clothes like silver through a werewolf. Good beer, good smith, and interesting nightlife, but way too cold for me. Doesn't matter how awesome the tavern is, if my snot is crystallizing on my nose, I'm not having it. Well, I, for one, am always excited to see teams on the rise get to travel outside of their comfort zone and explore the mysterious corners of this land. You know, a lot of our fans will never get to visit the glacial climbs of Whitefall or the sparkling patchwork spires of Denmazir. Getting to see these things via Quadron Monitor truly is a magical experience. You ain't lying. It's beyond description. Can you imagine just listening? Missing out on all this breathtaking footage. Such beauty you can never hope to describe. Right you are, Storm. Imagination is great and all, but nothing beats the video format. Technology is amazing. What's the matter? You look lost. Do you need someone to show you the way home? (laughs) Follow me. Here at Escort Express, escort quests are our specialty. Escort Express. Our team of skilled warriors, powerful spellcasters, and cunning stealth specialists will make sure you get where you need to go. What's the matter, big boy? Got a big load of cargo that needs to make it down a long, hard road? Escort Express. You must be new in town. Are you a wealthy noble all alone in the big, scary city? You can hold my hand. A group of trained assassins is trying to kill you and steal your secret package for the queen. Not on our watch. Your package is safe with us. You're weak and pathetic. But we're strong. Don't be scared. Call Escort Express. It's dangerous to go alone. Take me.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, my slap-happy dinguses. Oh, I want to take a moment and thank all you beautiful beasts for listening. Uh, We are growing so fast, and that is due in no small part to everyone's support. We have such fun and engaging fan base, and we really appreciate the emails and the fan letters and everything else. And please, don't be shy. You are more than welcome to reach out, and if you have something funny, or you've done a doodle of a character, or whatever, do not hesitate to post things on our Twitter, at Slap the Dash, or on our Facebook page, or whatever. Um, I also want to give a very special thanks to our legendary team on Patreon, Jeff Ammons and Dave Mladenov. Uh, Major Mladenov over here uh, saw that our Patreon was at 99, and he threw an extra dollar on his contribution to round it out so we could hit our goal. That is so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) That's great. Um, And now for a little bit of housekeeping. Um, First, I want to congratulate Michael, who plays Harthax, on his beautiful bouncing baby. Uh, As such, we will not be able to have him recording for the month of August. Uh, That means that we will have a special guest. We are still ironing out the details, but that means that in about five episodes, you'll be hearing a brand new voice on the LUQ. Um, additionally, the League of Ultimate Questing will be at Rose City Comic Con at the Orcs, Orcs, Orcs booth on Saturday, the 14th of September from 11 to 12. So if you want to meet the cast or you just want to say hi, you know, come on down. Um, finally, I want to thank the nation of Denmark for continuing to show your support, even though we still haven't heard from any of our Danish fans as to why we're getting so much love. But that's OK. I can take the hint. You want your privacy. If you or someone you know is abusing healing potions, potions of restoration, or potions of regeneration, they aren't alone. Call the Denmirian Alchemical Addiction Networking Group. Every day, hundreds suffer from addiction to prescription healing potions, treating symptoms for injuries that aren't there, costing them thousands of gold a year and ruining their lives. Before I got in touch with the Danmirian Alchemical Addiction Networking Group, I was drinking healing potions like they were water. I had a bad injury after a lizard folk raid a few years back, and I was taking them to treat my wounds. I formed a strong addiction. I couldn't start the day without one. I wasn't down hit points. I was just down. The Danmirian Alchemical Addiction Network Group giving potion fiends a helping hand to start healing their hearts and minds and stop needlessly healing their bodies. If you've got a potion addiction, just call Dang. subterranean portion of the city and there are businesses lining all of these carved stone walls there's a large stairway leading up and you are kind of just ushered by this crowd that seems to be moving at high business hours Um, and you step out onto a huge stone platform 
And the first thing that you see is what looks like a massive waterfall of frozen glacier ice that cascades down the center of this town from the peak of this amazingly huge mountain. Uh, the air is incredibly cold, but the city is wrapped around the valley of the, the huge winter peaks so the wind is kind of cut off and there are these large flat echelons tiers that kind of stack out through the city with stairways that connect them half of the city is like built into the stone the other half is out on these large flat platforms where you see smiths just out in the open working on weapons and armor um, there are men who are selling these huge horses covered in shaggy fur and like reindeers with saddles built onto their armor that they have war reindeer <laughs> people selling huge fish things like walrus and polar bear meat and pelts and and the sound of forges and music and mercantile from all these different echoing echelons just ring out into the central cavity of this canyon that the city's built over. And it is a very uh, impressive sight to see. There have to be thousands of people living here. So. Haruthak's will just beeline for like a tanner or a, a whatever person who sells pelts is. A peltier? I don't know what that word is. There is a term and I can't think of it off the top yeah, of my I know. head. A furrier? Yeah, oh, that's furrier. the one. Yeah, furrier, tanner type of thing. Yeah, uh, I, I need I need warm clothes. There's got to be some kind of not too expensive warm creating, you know, like a... Yeah, like, like hot hands. Yeah, I see hot. You can just constantly like they, rub on. They just give you like a rock that's been sitting over a fire. <laughs> it's like More just, rock. just cover himself in boiling bricks. Definitely. Um, and it's very obvious from here. There are some open stall markets um, for these kinds of things. There's also larger businesses built into the stone itself. And you can tell the area of the, the echelons that you're on. They are very much more mercantile. Uh, down below, like way at the basin, there's a ton of residential buildings, huge apartments, manors, strongholds. And then up above, poking out from inside of this frozen white waterfall is Castle Whitefall, um, which is where King Valkar lives and the entire military is based out of. It's a huge, impressive stone structure that looks like it could withstand any kind of barrage. You can easily find a, a tanner or a furrier selling all kinds of thick animal pelts. I do that. Yeah, we'll say for a good quality one, you can spend five gold and get something that's well-made and roughly your size. There's a lot of very large boys in Dornheim. Uh, so your broad draconian torso is fine being fitted into their kinds of yeah. things. And Hurthax is pretty lanky for a dragonborn anyway. So true, true. it's not super hard to find, I imagine. Yeah. I'll get like a polar bear cloak. Yeah. I'll get good. a little contrast with the white furs and black scales. And you guys know that you are supposed to go to a place called a, a Dornheim. Um, a Dorn. A Dornheim, yeah. I'll actually look at, at Arvid and be like, well, I, this is okay, right? I'm, this isn't offensive. Uh, no, it's fine. I'm a little worried I might see somebody, but you're fine. Why are you worried? What? what? I just, I, I think they think I'm dead. I think they all think I'm dead. Do uh, you think they'll recognize oh. you with the, and I gesture at the horns? I hope not. My face changed a little, right? And I grew a beard. You could always turn into a goat and then they'd never recognize you. Uh, maybe that's a good <laughs> so as Chris walks through the city, is there anything that catches his eye? There's a lot of interesting things for sale here. There's one place. Well, I actually have a list of some of the businesses, believe it or not. I don't believe you. Um, there's a couple of taverns you notice that seem to be quite bustling with these large Dornish men and women. They all seem just built for winter and warriorship. There's one called the Long Table Stags, which has two stags that are bucking into each other over a large table covered in food. 
And you also notice a smaller stone business that seems like they have a lot of rune stones that they have on display, probably some kind of minor enchantments of different kinds. Uh, it's not a very busy business, but there uh, near the two is a very large business um, built into an entire section of one of the stone echelons that has huge sheets of like fabric hanging out front, really finely cut animal furs, a large set of stone and wooden doors that immediately come swinging open as a large bearded man comes out grabbing the side of his face uh, and he spits out a big glob of blood with a couple of teeth in it and as he lowers his hand he's got a massive black eye and he just kind of hobbles off and goes down the stairway tripping a little bit down to the next echelon and this voice coming from inside don't ever come back you damned grabbing freak flower <laughs> oh was my. that even a sentence <laughs> I, I don't know i think the point got the cross either way <laughs> i pick up the teeth <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh what's the sign of the voice it says adornheim textiles i think this is our one Eda? Was it Eda? Eda? Eva. Eva. Ah, who's there? Uh, we come as representatives for the League of Ultimate Questing. Oh, blame me, it's the team. Get in here. Get in out of the cold. Come in, come in, come in. And these big, strong hands start pulling you all into the store. And there's just walls and walls of these really finely made winter outfits, like top to bottom hats matching shoes. And they're all stylish, but also very, like, clearly weather effective. Some of them look almost militaristic. I Jeez. bought my clothes too early. I regret purchases. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to see the lot of you here in my store. I gotta tell you, I'm a bit worried about me da. Are you ready to go? Can we go soon? Is that a good thing? Yeah. Maybe we'll ask a few questions before we go off. Oh, absolutely. The old codger is hard to get his hands on these days, which is why I don't know exactly uh, where he's hiding. I got a little story to tell you, I suppose. That'd be best, I. Well, you see, around ten years ago, me da heard a rumor that was spreading around through Dornheim that there was going to be a war coming with Andesign and that the mages were going to be raining down fire and lightning and things like that on the city. He got real scared and he decided to give me the shop, take a big chunk of the money from it, and buy himself a fallout shelter out in the middle of the Himmelhorn Mountains near the Winter Throne Peaks. And while I don't know where it is, because it's kind of hidden, he's been very clear about sending me a letter every 20 days to make sure that I know he's okay, sending for goods, and I haven't heard from him in about 60 days now. After the first 40, I hired my first team, because I figured, well, he's allowed to miss one after 10 years, but that old cob-grobbing, hole-hiding flagmanger, he up and just vanished on me. Tell me something. What kind of team were they? Well, it... They were hero rank team, I knew that much. They were called the Broken Ballad. Uh, there was a, a dwarf and a couple of elves and and uh, this weird cat lady fella thing. I'm not really sure. They seemed up and up. They had some good skill and weapons about them. Fine weapons. And uh, I'll tell you what I told them. The closest village that I know to where he set up his bunker is this strange little town called Truce. I know that if he does any kind of business with the regular world, he goes through there because it's the closest thing. But it's out in the middle of the bloody mountains and nowhere. It's a strange town. What did you say happened with the team? Why, well, I sent him off, and that was some almost 20 days ago, and I just hadn't heard from him, and it's not that far. But as you can clarify a bit more, uh, how did they seem equipped? Uh, let's say based on their, their skill set. I'm, I'm sure. To understand. Uh, well, they had mountain gear and lots of rations and good fur claws. I made sure that they were dressed to the nines to go out into the mountains before I sent them off. I mean, they made it to hero rank, so they had to know their way around the dangerous wilds a little bit. Fighter? Mage? Oh, I didn't really ask. They looked mostly uh, fighty. I think there was probably a wizard among them. Fair enough. Are those like positions in league quests and you're the fighter and the mage and the, the way that like you've got tackles and... Yeah, we actually were going to clarify that. We use classes as a term in the league, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. Just, just making sure. 
Yeah, totally. And they can, I mean, depending on what region you're in, they might have like different colloquialisms for like, oh, this one's called the tank. But, you know, it's nothing official. The it's center just... and the defensive end in one region. And then you've got like the point guard and the <laughs> yeah, forward kind of and the, yeah. yeah. Well, the the problem is that I, I'm pretty sure they made it there, but they haven't been monitoring anything. There's no projection from their little robot, man. He just opened, vanished for some reason. And I'm just, I'm worried about me, da. You see, but the village of Truce is a strange one. Uh, there are a lot of different tribes that live near the mountains of uh, Orcs and gnolls and hobgoblins, even some old ogres and giants. Uh, they're called the Rintari, and uh, the village is kind of split right down the middle between some of the Dornish humans and the Rintari. So the, the village name of Truce is kind of a misnomer. Uh, there's a lot of tension there. So I don't know which side you're going to want to speak to when you get there, but it looks like you lot kind of split the difference, eh? Have we established what race this person is? Human. Okay. Yeah. I was like, is she a dwarf because she's Scottish or? Nope, she's just Dornish. Okay. Thank you for having a human that is Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a huge, huge lady, like dark brownish red, tons of braids going down her back. And she has as many tiny scars as she does freckles. How, how old? I don't want to ask this, but how old is your father? Oh, that old flodge banger is a pushing 90, gotta be. And he lives isolated in the middle of the frozen wastelands? Well, in an underground bunker of some kind. Save his alarm until whatever happened may happen. Okay. And you're willing to accept any news? Oh, I, I'm ready for me pa to be kicking the bucket any time now, but I, I gotta know. I can't just keep on guessing. I was gonna say, because humans don't usually live much past 90, so... Yeah, me family has a tendency to hang on to things for a real long time. I'd be surprised if he doesn't make it to 120, drinks a bottle of whiskey and smokes a pack a day, that bastard. <laughs> Cold does preserve things, I suppose it's possible. He's got a bum leg and a bad arm, but he's still tough as, a, tough as nails. Well, tell you what, I'll give you directions on how to get to Truce, and if you set out, you could probably get there in a day or two. It's not too far out of the city. It's just in a very rugged stretch of mountains. Tell you what, and she, like, starts becoming just, like, this hurricane of arms and f and fabric and starts gearing you guys out in any part of you that isn't fully, like, covered in nice furs and cloaks. She starts to enhance with her own wares. Be like, let me tell you, they do a good job, and it turns out me dad's safe, which isn't, of course, your fault if he isn't, but the sooner I get the news, I'd be ready to sponsor your team. And, uh, me mommy, she told me how to runecraft with me, me stitching, so I can make you some, some fine armaments out of silk and cloth, soft things, like cloaks and tabards. I'm, I'm pretty gifted at the magical weaving, as it were. That is an exciting prospect. That sounds amazing. One day I'd be curious to know how you do it. Well, it's a long lesson I was being taught since I was just a pup. Speaking of pups, do you have, you know, the little barrel that you put on dogs so that they've got whiskey with them? Oh, I'm sure you can pick up such a thing at the nearby long table stags. They got all kinds of kegs, pony kegs, hog's head, wee half barrels. My friends. Absolutely. So unless you guys have extra questions for Miss Ava, uh, she will gear you up and you guys can stop at a couple of stores and head out from Dornheim down a long winding set of switchback stairs through the massive series of stone apartments and strongholds and to the south of the city, past the Winter Throne Mountains and into the harsh glaciers therein. <laughs> Mortal Dawn has arrived in Whitefall and have been given all the details of their first hero rank quest. Sounds like if they play their cards right, they may have a new sponsor, which is exciting for a team of any ranking. Look, a magical rune seamstress wanting to sponsor a team makes sense. But some of these sponsors, man, like, like potting soil or cold and flu potions, I mean, I'll take your gold. How the hell am I going to do a product placement for a fart deodorizer and still keep my reputation as a hip young orc about town? Careful, Storm. We don't want to discourage future sponsors from signing on with the LUQ. Sometimes adventurers garden in their free time. And who wants to delve a dungeon with an upset stomach? 
Oh, you're just a marketing machine, ain't you, Kip? Oh, you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Tune in next week as we follow our team into the frozen wilderness of the White Throne Mountains and find out what kind of mysteries this quest has in store. Will they freeze in their tracks, or will they get a hot lead? Find out on the next episode of The League of Ultimate Questing! Things are about to get cold. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. And I'm, I'm kind of half hoping that we come across some, some Arvid people. That's, yes. That sounds exciting. I can't wait for more <laughs> more accents with Artyom as a mini segment. <laughs> Arvid adapts weirdly. Or Artyom. They both do. Let's face it. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're really laying thick on those Artyom Arvid slips. I really am today. Yeah. We could go by... Uh, you could be Tia... Yeah. <laughs> and I could be Tamara. Tamara, yeah, right here. I, don't I, need, I request the highest of five. Okay, <laughs> I was like, is someone gonna make? Okay, sister, thank you. Sister. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I, I didn't know I needed that. <laughs> all right, Sam, you want to read us off? Uh, well, we first need to introduce everyone, right? Or was it the other yeah, way around? No, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. great. Introduce people. Uh, I am Sam. I play Arvid Ulfmund, the Drewburb. And the Drewbarb pie. Drewbarb, Drewbarb pie. Yeah. Strawberry Drewbarb. <laughs> yep, that's me. Uh, my name is Michael Loving. I play Heruthax, the, as of this episode, level five <sighs> warlock. Uh, my name is Alante, and I play Chris Zagrand, the crystalline sorcerer, also now level five. I am Zach Barkus. I am playing the uh, illustrious. Artyom Volkov. No, that's good. It was just a, did you almost a did you almost call yourself Arvid? Did, did, I was going to call myself the illustrious Java because oh. that's the only word oh. that I know to follow Java because I watched too much Return of the Jedi as a kid. Too, uh, the only illustrious follow up. <laughs> the only illustrious. I'm Zach. I play the illustrious Java. Um, no, I play the illustrious uh, Artyom Volkov. Uh, the Cleric of Sunlight and Suffering, level mm -hmm. five. And I've got some plans for where that's going to go. Nope, Artyom's am... only level four. Um, <laughs> I am also uh, the producer, editor, and technical director. My name's Law. I'm the Dungeon Master, and I am the creative director of Slapdash Studios. So thank you for joining us for the League of Ultimate Questing. New episodes live every Monday uh, and bonus content every Friday. Yep, uh, you can listen to us at BLUQ dot com or wherever podcasts are available if you have any questions for the show are interested in advertising opportunities or have any uh, ideas for fake ads uh, go ahead and contact us at admin at slap dash studios dot com mm -hmm. follow us on social media like facebook or twitter and instagram at slap the dash and also we just 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 started our new d20 questions podcast they're getting folks to uh to interview it's mm -hmm. it's I, I think they've got three episodes so far mm -hmm. well by this time probably way more than that hope oh. so anyway it's very it's very exciting we're all excited and uh we also have a new patreon you can give us money and we can give you love and respect bonus content mm -hmm. bonus content that, that is that a tier is. love and respect tier yeah that's <laughs> words. uh so if you enjoyed the podcast please share it with your friends and family and uh you know the the guy you meet at the bar and and you're like you know the you... guy <laughs> yeah you, you know the guy <laughs> um, yeah thanks again we wish you luck <laughs>